Hello and welcome. I'm Vina, your solenier in this podcast series called Thriveversity. I'm a lecturer in the Richview Residential College at the National University of Singapore. Each week during the semester, I'll be sharing some stories and tips as we explore the art of overcoming adversity, dancing with diversity in university and beyond. Let's dive into today's episode. Hello everybody! This week in our workplace readiness class, we are covering the topic of creative problem solving. Now in that class, we are looking at solving problems at a participatory level. But in this podcast episode, we'll look at a more personal level and how you can handle problems as they come into your life. First, when we have problems, one of the first few things to get affected is our emotions. Because our thoughts about the problem is so automatic, we are not quite sure yet what is it for sure that causes our emotions to just run amok. We think that it's the problem that is making us frustrated, but actually it's our thoughts about the problem that causes frustrations. And sometimes when an emotion is so overwhelming, it's worth to acknowledge the emotion first before we even look at how we are thinking about the problem. Not about the problem itself, but how we are thinking about the problem. In episode 12, previously, for example, I cover the emotion of anxiety and how you can navigate yourself through that emotion so that you are in a better place emotionally. Sometimes you just need to acknowledge how you feel first before you get in the best headspace to attempt to solve a problem. Like for example, if you didn't do well in your midterms, you would probably need to acknowledge and process that feelings of disappointment first before even thinking about what to do next. Now this episode is not going to delve into how to recognize and process our emotions, but it's really important to recognize that when an emotion is processed, I mean, I say the word process and emotion is processed, not suppressed. We're in a better place to be receptive, to think about different thoughts that can get us out of the problem. One thing I like to say before even starting to think about strategies for thinking ourselves out of problems is that there are problems that exist at all levels. Like some problems are systemic issues such as racism, or income inequality that will need collective action from all of us in society. In this podcast episode, I'll be mentioning workplace examples such as promotion, and that can be tinged with systemic-based issues. But the scope of this podcast episode, though, is really helping you at an individual level in your thought processes and developing also an awareness of your own thinking patterns. Even as we acknowledge that many problems require collective action. But that will not be something that we're going to be focusing on for this episode. So for this episode, I'm concentrating more on what are some of our own responses to problems because that can influence the results that we get in our lives. And our own responses is the area where we have the greater control right at this moment. So here are three different approaches that I offer to you that will be useful when you're facing problems in your life. 
The first strategy is question the problem. Now, whenever I have a thought about something that I label a problem, I try to question it. Like I might counter this thought, this is a problem, by trying an alternative thought. Is this really a problem? I might ask. As I mentioned in a previous episode, I think of thoughts like clothes. I try to see which thought fits best and I discard thoughts that don't help me move forward. Now, if I label something as a problem, it becomes really big in my life and I might give too much focus and attention, more than what it deserves. So sometimes when I look at something and I find myself labeling it a problem, I counter ask. I ask myself, is it really a problem? Now what I'm trying to do is to put that problem in a proper context and not give it too much power in my life. For example, I'll mention a, a very small problem, right? So I don't like mopping the floor and the constant dust and my hair fall is a constant annoyance. And it's also very unfair to my husband who has sensitive skin if our house is dusty. Now, initially, I, I kind of think, oh my gosh, this, this house is so messy and I hate mopping and it's a problem. But then I think to myself, is it really a problem? So when I reframe it, when I look at it differently, I realize it's not a problem. This, the fact that the house is messy and the floor is dusty is not a problem. It is a choice. So instead of thinking it as a problem, I think about it as a choice. Why do I choose to think about it as a choice? It is a choice, right? The choice is between do I want to clean the floor? Do I want to hire someone to clean it? Or do I want to buy a robot cleaner? So what I've done is to really reframe the issue. Thinking about it as a problem makes it seem really big and it seems to bring out a lot of frustration in me. If I frame it as a choice, then for me, it's a lot more empowering. I just need to choose between different options, right? So it's not a problem. It's just a choice that I need to make and execute. Problem solve, done. A related strategy, and this is really about putting the problem in context, is to use strengths to solve the problem. Now, all of us have strengths. And for me, one of my top signature strength is gratitude. So I'll look at all the things that are important to me and I'll give the problem its proper place in my life, right? For example, in the context of my life, maybe this problem is actually really small and I shouldn't be spending so much energy dwelling on it. I'll give you an example from a friend of mine. Prior to COVID, this friend of mine has, like everybody, like many other people, a five-day work week. But because of COVID, because of the fact that her company is not bringing in as much business because of COVID, her workday got cut down from five days to four days with a corresponding pay drop. Now, having your income drop, it's, it's a problem. But in the big scheme of things, she was sharing that, you know, she continues to have a job even in COVID while there's so many other people who are unemployed. So she thinks to herself, 
is this a problem that her pay drops and her number of days working per week has dropped. And then she decided that it may not be a problem because now she has a much better work-life balance because she has a three-day weekend. And there are other things that are important to her, like her relationships, and those are doing well. Her health is great. So when the initial problem, an income drop, is put in the context of the larger picture of her life, it's not so big. And it's even a plus point because now she can use that extra day, she gets Fridays off, to devote to things that are important to her, like her relationships and health. Another thing is I also just ask myself, how is this not a problem? So again, it's really about questioning, is it truly a problem? Now, I remember the time when I was in my early 30s and I really wanted to be independent. I wanted to get a place on my own. And at the time when I was doing my research, I was like, so struck with how expensive housing is in Singapore. And I felt stuck. At the time, I was thinking, oh my gosh, this is a problem because housing is so expensive and I can't get out and be independent as I wanted to. But after a period, I was just really trying to understand the housing market. I asked myself again, how can this not be a problem? So I sat down it took a while to think through this, but this situation may not be a problem for me, right? Expensive housing may not be a problem for me if I saved more, if I understand the housing policies, if I got the kind of jobs that make it easier for me to qualify for a higher loan amount. It wouldn't become a problem anymore after I executed all the actions that tick all the boxes. So that's what I did. I saved more. I tried to understand the housing policy and I got a different job. So I took actions so that all these different aspects will not be a hindrance and will not become a problem. And because I took action, my husband and I, we got the home that we love. So it's not a problem. I just have to figure out what boxes to tick and then it will no longer become a problem anymore. So the question I ask is, how can this not be a problem? So again, a caveat, when I talk about the cost of living issues or about you know, income differences, I'm really on board with the idea that systemic issues do require a coordinated societal response. But I also do think sometimes it's really up to us to kind of reframe the issue and see how can it not be a problem? And what can we do so that this issue that we consider as really important to us can become not to be a problem after all. Next strategy, when I have a problem, I will move the problem up the positivity scale. So what do I mean by a positivity scale? When we look at something, it can be negative, neutral, or positive. So usually when we label something a problem, it usually falls more under the negativity end of the scale. So then I'll try to move the problem up the scale. So let's think about the scale from negative to neutral to positive. And we tend to make value judgments that a problem is something that lies on the negative scale. 
So try the thought that this problem that you are in is a completely neutral one, not a negative one. Because thinking about that situation as a problem will ironically make it a problem. So let's say we use a common workplace situation. Let's say you've been waiting to be promoted and you don't get the promotion. So you will have thoughts that cause you frustration, such as, I deserved that promotion and this is unfair. Or, oh, the management just doesn't know how to value my contributions. So when we have these thoughts, we will label it as a problem and it will tend to fall under the negative end of the scale. But suppose we neutralize this problem and we try a different thought. Maybe we try this thought, a neutral thought. I didn't get promoted this year and it's okay. So this thought, I didn't get promoted this year and it's okay, is more neutral than a thought like, I deserved that promotion and this is unfair that I didn't get it. Right? So these two different thoughts fall differently along the positivity scale. Now, if I try this thought, I didn't get promoted this year and it's okay. And if I can truly believe that thought, I can get to a feeling of peace. And from that feeling of peace, I can decide what I need to do and who I need to become to get the results that I want the next promotion round. Here, it's quite similar to what I was talking about. When I move something I label as a problem up the positivity scale or I neutralize it, then I get to a feeling of peace. And that feeling of peace from that position that will allow me to think about different ways that I can get to solve that problem. So the first step is to really neutralize my feelings of frustration. Now maybe you're like, okay, maybe just neutralizing it will not help. Then if you want to venture even more, and sometimes I also do this, you move it further along the positivity scale. So instead of just neutralizing it, you make it positive. So for example, you may want to try the thought, okay, I didn't get promoted, but I can turn this into an opportunity. Now framing it as an opportunity is a much more positive way of looking at it, and it can be more empowering to you. So really, it could be an opportunity. Let's say you frame it not as a problem, but as a puzzle to solve. And then you try this thought, what else can I do to improve? How can I become the kind of employee who gets the promotion? What can I find out about this promotion game and to win it? Or it could even be that you got so upset about not getting the promotion, so upset enough to imagine the possibilities of doing an alternative job that fits your talents better. That could end up as a plus. Now, I admitted in a previous episode that I am not the sportiest person. But when I was in my teens, I, I played hockey. Badly, I have to add. But one lesson I'll never forget from my coach, Mr. Tan Chin Ming, was this. He was telling us never to run where the ball is when everyone is already crowding there. Now, so for him, he tells us, go find a position that is open. 
where you can get the ball passed to you and from that open position, you will have a lot of room to move the ball forward. Now the concept that I always remember from what he tells us is run into space. So for me, it has become a mantra that I ask myself whenever I feel stuck in something. Where is that space? If this path that I'm pursuing is closed, where is the door open? Where else lie opportunity? Or maybe the door is closed now, but how can I be ready when the door is opened in the future? How can I become the kind of person who will have that door opened for her in the future? So sometimes if we look at the problem and we focus so much on the problem, we miss out on the positive aspects because if that problem is focused on too much, we miss the open doors that are actually open to us. So look out for where the opportunity is, look out for where the space is and run into space. So framing a situation as a problem causes resentment, frustration, unhappiness and none of these may be useful feelings for you to help you move forward. But if you frame something as a puzzle or a test to solve, you might have feelings of curiosity instead. And these feelings of curiosity will help you to gain forward momentum as you keep taking action. Problems just can't be solved with the same mindset or thought processes that have created them. In order for you not to see it as a problem, in order for you to solve a particular issue, you can't use the same thought processes or use the same thoughts. So the next method I'd like to recommend to you is to disrupt your normal patterns of thinking. Now that's why in class this week, we gave a few creative problem-solving tools that help to shake up your thinking. Let's try the visual connection tool. So if you remember in class, what you're given is a deck of picture cards. Now, how you use this tool is you're given a problem statement, right? Then you have these bunch of cards with pictures on them. You will go through the picture cards and create forced connections between the problem statement and the picture to see if it sparks an idea, to see if there is a connection, a forced association that can be made. Let's say we have this, again, a hypothetical problem, workplace problem. Let's say your problem is, how can I say no when my boss gives me more work than I can handle? Let's say that's a problem statement. And then you look at your picture cards. And the first picture that you see is a picture of a feather. Now, you would never think to associate a picture of a feather with the problem of your boss giving you too much work, right? So this is meant as a tool to disrupt you away from your normal thought patterns. Now, if you have been framing it as a problem, I mean, the normal pattern would be that you would be really stewing in anger. Like you have thoughts like, I hate my boss. You have thoughts like, I think my boss is unreasonable and so on. But you need to disrupt that so that you can move on to solutions. Now again, back to our picture. So you see this picture of a feather. What do you associate with it? A feather is light. There are pointy ends. There's veins branching off from the main central stem. So you might be making associations like, okay, light. How can I take it in a lighthearted way? 
How do I talk to my boss in a light-hearted way about it for our first conversation? Right, so now, instead of thinking, I hate my boss, now you focus your brain on a solution. Like, how can I talk to my boss about it in a light-hearted way? Now, this is a lot more empowering than just skewing in anger. We also said that, you know, if you look at the picture of the uh, feather, there's the pointy end, right? Pointy. So what do you associate with the word pointy? Maybe it's about how do I talk to my boss in a way that gets to the point, right? How can I talk with him or her in a way that gets my message across? We'll try another one, another association, veins branching off. So when I think about veins branching off, I think about how the veins diverge, then maybe I make associations about asking myself, do I want to work here if this is the work culture? Or should I look into applying for a different job? You have all these questions and these questions come from looking at a picture of a feather. And these questions help you to move forward if you take actions on them, right? And it's definitely a lot more empowering than staying stuck at the thought my workload is unreasonable. Now, because when you stay stuck at that thought, I hate my boss, or my workload is unreasonable, it will leave you stewing in anger, but it doesn't really inspire executions of actions that help you move forward. So the whole thing about all these different thought strategies is really to help you to think differently and move you to a different place of problem solving, rather than just stewing in the problem itself. Now, the last thing I want to talk about, but actually I think it should really be the first step to approaching a problem, it's this. Actually, you or I won't ever magically arrive at a problem-free space. Never. We will always have problems, and problems are forever. And I know it sounds depressing, but it's actually a really comforting thought. Because what really matters is, are we able to own our choices in life? Now, our problems are really a way of getting to what we want. Because let's say you are single and unattached, and you feel lonely sometimes, and you wish that you had someone to be with, you consider singlehood to be a problem. Right? You would rather be attached. But... It can also be that when you do get into a relationship, you will no longer have single people problems. Instead, you might have relationship issues. So effectively, you are swapping single people problems for attached or married people problems. Mark Manson asked, what's your favorite flavor of shit sandwich? And does it come with an olive? Now, what he means by this very provocative question is nothing is pleasurable or uplifting all of the time. Like he gave some examples, like if you want to be a successful business person, then you are not going to make it very far if you're afraid of rejection. It's very difficult for you to keep framing rejection as a problem. Rejection are just the pathway to get to your end goal of being a successful business person. Maybe another example, like if you want to be good at skateboarding, 
then you can't get there without falling a lot of times. It's just a cost or a sacrifice or a price to be paid to get or maintain what we want and to choose. You know, some of these problems, they come in a package en route to getting to what we want. Then you may ask, why bother with wanting anything at all since wanting something will come with having problems? Well, it's just because if you want something bad enough, then problems are just the way to getting what you want. Like for example, many of you are in university right now and you will have university-related problems. You know, you have problems like how do you get through your modules, handling your university fees, having to pay off your university loans, making new friends constantly if none of your friends are in the same course. And you go through all these problems because you want to go to university. You know, because you don't have to go to university, but you get to go to university. Now, the energy behind I have to and I get to is so different. Now, one brings a sense of resentment and the other brings a sense of privilege and wanting something. What I'm really sharing with you is that I hope that it's comforting to you that problems doesn't mean that something has gone wrong. In fact, problems, you will continue to have them as long as you want something. They are just processes and they're just the way to getting something. I remembered a title of a book and it's called The Obstacle is the Way. So really, problems are there to help you to get to where you want as long as you frame it as a puzzle and take steps to overcome them. One more quote I have for you, and this is from Tony Robbins. He said, your biggest problem is that you think you shouldn't have them. Because problems are what makes us grow. Problems are what sculpt our soul. Problems are what makes us become more. So I hope that all these ways of handling problems which I covered, one, questioning if it's even a problem, two, moving the problem up the positivity scale, and three, disrupt your normal patterns of thinking. And I hope that these three thinking methods will shift you to get to a feeling of empowerment instead of frustration or helplessness if you continue being stuck in a problem. So I hope that that feeling of empowerment will propel you to execute an action that moves you forward instead of keeping you stuck in a loop. Think about what you want, what it takes to get there, and go for it. So good luck, lovely people. We'll talk soon. And hey, if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a 5-star rating or a review. It helps us to increase our reach on iTunes so that more people know about what we do here at our VRC. 